Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Hello and Ado. Yeah. Yeah. Mathis, what did we talk about today? We had a really fun episode. It was so fun. We, we started it off with aggressive. a few different. <laughs> so fun. We started off with a few weekly updates. I had a really cool uh, interview opportunity related to The Conjuring 2, which I talked mm-hmm. about. Um, also, I have a really interesting dream at the top of the podcast, so I hope everyone mm-hmm. likes it as much as John did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked it too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a really long discussion about X-Men Apocalypse because we're both huge X-Men fans, and it's a really exciting time when we get a, a new X-Men movie. Right. So that was a big thing. Uh, and then we uh, bookend did bookended? I don't know. We capped Close the enough. show. There we go. Yes. <laughs> We capped the show with a a discussion about the power of words, which I'm sure mm-hmm. we will revisit in the future because it is a very profound and fascinating topic. Yep. It sure yeah. is. It's a lot of fun. And if you guys want, you can send us an email to our email. Hello on a two. H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D. Right. A-D-I-E-U at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at hello and a do. You can rate and subscribe on iTunes so you can help other people find us. And I think that's it. I think so. Hope you guys enjoy. I enjoyed it. Yes. Yes. I did too. Enjoy, you lovely people. Enjoy. Well, hello, John. How are you? Mathis, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I want to tell you about a crazy dream I had two nights ago. Tell me all about this crazy dream. I'm into dreams. I don't. We haven't talked about dreams, but go for it. No, we haven't. And I don't think that this is going to be like a super powerful dream for you, but hopefully <laughs> you're still into this dream. My life is not going to be changed by the stream, Mathis? I mean, mine was borderline changed. The preface for this, I thought this was real. Like, when it was happening, this was one of those dreams where I was like, this is literally happening to me. So, I got to work, and I open, I think it was Facebook messages. I open Facebook messages, and uh, I have a new message, and it's Adele. Stop it. I know. I know. And I was like, is this a fan account? And then I click on it, and it's it's like it's the certified Twitter thing, but it's on Facebook. I don't know if Facebook does those. They do. But I was like, this is actually okay. So I was like, this is actually Adele. Adele's talking to me. So I go back and I read the message, and she's like, "Hey, mate, I'm throwing a, you know, it's all in like her lingo. So she's got lots of her little slang words in there. But she's like, I'm throwing a pool party today, and." <laughs> We're we're playing this new board game that I created. And I was like, Adele created a board game? And so I keep reading. And she's like, basically, it's Lord of the Rings versus Game of Thrones. And you hmm. just have all of these characters who are facing off against each other. And she, like, sent me pictures of, like, the figurines. So you have, like, Aragorn and Rob Stark, like, in a sword fight. And she's like, here's one of the scenes. And she just keeps, like... Like, the message just went on and on with several different encounters, and she explained every character that was in it. That and sounds amazing, she was like, by the way. Someone needs to make <laughs> this I had, game. I had a feeling you would like my dream. 
So I get to the end of the email and she's like, anyways, or not email, but message. She's like, anyways, um, you really need to get over here soon. Uh, Grab your and then the message and, um, and the, the message ends with, um, I've never, an- how did it go? I've never answered the phone for somebody that I already invited to the party. So don't bother calling me if you're not coming. It went something like that. Like either you're coming or you're not coming. Don't call to clarify. Um, <laughs> this is the invite. Like leave me alone or be here. And that's and a in lot the of dream, pressure. I know she was so aggressive and I was like, I kind of feel like this is the real Adele, you know, like that language kind of right. reaffirmed it. And in my dream, I'm reading it and I'm already changing into my swimsuit as I read it. And I'm at work, mind you, and I just pull my swimsuit out of a backpack and I just start putting just it like on. Open your door and you're like, oops. <laughs> and, and my boss walks in and he's like, what are you doing? And I, I just look at him and I was like, Adela invited me to her pool party. I think I'm going to go. And he's like, it's a, it's a work day. And that's the end of my dream. I woke up. Oh. And when I woke up, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I checked my phone. I was like, I think I'm late to the party. And I was like, that was not real. That was not real at all. And so I'm, I'm taking a shower the next morning, and I'm trying to figure out what made me yeah. dream this dream. And, you know, I think the main the main contributors to it were I talked about a pool party the night before that I had gone to the week before. I talked about the latest Game of Thrones episode and I talked about Send My Love, her new music video with somebody. And I think my brain just like put it all clustered it all together and was like, this is one large story that you need to be a part of. Yeah, it was just a soupy mess that I wanted to be a part of. I bet you did. I really did. Doesn't that sound like the best party? It would be interesting, that's for sure. You would walk away with some stories. That's true. I feel like you would not want to get into it with Adele. Like I would never. Facing off against Game I of would Thrones loot. characters oh. and Lord of the Rings characters. I thought, yeah, I thought you just meant in an interaction. Oh. Like, like she would defeat. Argue me. with her. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. She's, she's I would quite, cower away. She's she's a sassy for ass. Oh my she, gosh. In the best she'll way. She'll come at you. Yeah. Anyways, that was my great dream. Wow. What did you do this week? Uh well this was our last week of school before school yes. ended. So, so proud we of you. out for the we out for summer. Good. Hey, hey. It well, was the longest week of my life. <laughs> but it ended. Praise be. Praise be. Yeah. Um, but I've been having a dilemma, and I wanted to bring it to you. I wanted to bring it to the people. Hit it with us, John. We got. And this know. is a, actually a heavy thing, not that heavy. But <laughs> I'm gonna say it. You're gonna think it's a like. You're gonna think I'm gonna like bring up a joke, and you're gonna be like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> well, now my brain is in like a totally dark territory. So I'm like, he's not gonna it's go not this dark. dark. There's no but way. It's, okay. So pretty much, I'm leaving for New Zealand soon. You are. I'm gonna go skydiving. You are. And I've been having Please this. Please don't die. Well, here's the thing. What, oh, God. Here here's go. the dilemma, though. Like, growing up in the church, I've always wanted to, I always, like, prayed for safety. Like, praying, like, mm-hmm. for, like, travel safety. I definitely want to pray for that. I don't die skydiving. Mm-hmm. But then there's now the part of me 
where I don't, I don't necessarily think that God has an active role in our world. So really what's the use in praying for something if I don't think he will change it? You know what I mean? I, yeah, I hear you. So I'm in this dilemma. Like, so what do I do? <laughs> Cause I do want to put out like into the universe that I want safety, but it's like, right. I don't actually think like, I don't think it's going to like save me. So like, <laughs> I guess like, I don't want to say what's the point because I actually think there's a lot of great things that come from like praying and from just giving, you know, yes. your intentions into, I'm re- I actually, I really am into like giving your intentions into the world. I think that that does something, but I'm trying yeah. to figure out what that means. You know what I mean? Right. You, if you don't believe in an active God, what, what does it mean not e- yeah. to put those things not into necessar- the world? Not even necessarily those words, like an active God, but like, it's not like I think that the universe is going to like, you know, catch me in some cloud right. when I skydive but, if something goes wrong. Right. But it's, it, it. I see what you're saying. It's like, well, if I'm praying this, like, I know it's important, but I don't know exactly how it's important. Like, what is it? Yeah. What like it's important to do this, but why is it important? Yeah, yeah. And I want to like I enjoy it. I enjoy like I don't know. I like giving my intentions and what I want in the world, and I think it's good to you know say them out loud and. Absolutely, but yeah. I don't know. I just don't know, <laughs> Mathis. And I've been thinking about this all week. Well, I you could. I don't want to be the guy who's like, I have a solution for you. This is an easy solution problem to me. fix. I don't really have a solution. I would just say, like, just bringing the trip, you know, to God and being like, I just really want, I really would like these things from the trip. Even if you don't, like, even if it doesn't feel like it, like, changes the situation. Like, just speaking them. The same that you would speak them to me. Like, I can't affect how safe your skydiving is or how safe right. your plane trip is, but just cons- just treating it like a conversation instead of like a... Uh, Mathis, I hope know. my uh, plane doesn't crash. You know how I feel about planes and Mathis, crashes. I hope I don't die skydiving. See, it doesn't make me feel good, though. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just speaking it out, like we've talked about this already, you know, it's like... I know, but this is like Yeah, I'm going life. skydiving. I hope I'm going to be safe and and it's, you know... But there's a know. comfort in praying for safety, and that's why I'm conflicted. It's like I, I, we don't even have to keep going into it. It's just a, it's a thing that I'm going through, and I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, well, and there's really no solution. I will be praying for your safety. God bless. Thank you. Yeah, literally, God bless. God bless. <laughs> if anyone else wants to send some uh, prayerful intentions, yeah, please into do. the universe, I'll take them. Yeah. Yeah, shoot those right into John's face. Right into my face, guys. Right into my face. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Um, you had an exciting week, so i i did I did a few cool things this week. Last night, um, I went to my first stand up comedy routine in L.A. Which Who was is it? A, it was a friend was performing actually, so I went to support uh, her. It was her first time she'd ever done it in L.A. Like, oh wow, that's a big yeah. step too. Because LA it, is it was huge, and let me tell you, she did great. I was so, I did was so laugh? proud, you know. Yeah, actually, because it was like a super small like comedy gathering, like you know, 
uh, a bunch of comics over the period of like two hours, two and a half hours, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm probably going to laugh 40% of the time. Yeah. You're a tough And I laugh. actually, you know, in a good way, I am, but, but, you're a tough but I laugh. was, I was laughing a lot. Um, the best part was when this one comic got up and literally like got angry with the crowd because they were talking during one of his jokes Ooh. and there is no way to kill the night like doing that, you know? Yeah. Like, you really think people are going to laugh at your jokes after you're like, hey, excuse me, I'm telling the joke. Can you please be quiet? Like, Yeah, once no. you go serious, you can't go back to comedy. No, you can't. It's <laughs> like, like, anyways, back to sex, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. That's not, that's not funny, Brian. Please leave. Yeah. <laughs> Next comic, please. You're um, out. But but it was a lot of fun. Comedy is a big thing out here. Like, it is, yeah. There's lots of stand-up shows. There's lots of schools to study improv comedy to study stand-up comedy so Mm -hmm. it was really awesome you know to go do that and actually not only be going for good laughs but to support a friend it was a lot of fun but the the other big exciting thing i did this week was Mm -hmm. i had an and you know a little bit about this but i had an opportunity through my job to interview chad and carrie hayes and if you don't know who chad and carrie hayes audience those are uh those are the screenwriters for the first Conjuring and the second Conjuring, which will be coming out on June 10th, which should be, when this podcast is released, it should be like three or four days afterwards. Um, so, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Um, so I got connected with all of that, and they sent me to the Warner Brothers lot to see the movie uh, this week. Uh, they did like a whole publicity screening and I was in there with them. Um, and then the next day I, I got on a, a phone interview with, um, with Chad and Carrie. I was actually, you would appreciate this. I was freaking out when I came in in the morning, like I was calling them at like nine fifteen, mm-hmm. and I'm there at like eight fifty five, and it just sets into my brain and I panic. This is what I think, John. I'm like, wait, Chad and Carrie are twin brothers. I'm not going to see their faces. How am I going to know who's talking? Chad or Carrie? And that, I just like. That is understandable. I was like freaking out. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I talked to my supervisor and he was like, okay, let's look up an interview of them real quick. Thankfully, they talk different enough from each other that you can tell who's talking. But thank goodness. Oh my that God. Could have been a I dilemma. Had a, I, it would have been. I had a micro panic attack where I was like, I'm going to have to say they said for every answer to my questions. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that was the big thing. Cause, I was just thinking uh, about you talking with them. You'd have to be like, well, thanks, Chad, for uh, tuning in. Um, and then I yeah, don't exactly. what the other guy's no, name was. Carrie. But the, Carrie. Yeah, the actual, the terrible part about it was that I had to transcribe it. And I was like, I don't, if I don't know who's talking, how am I going to say who's saying this part? But it worked out fine. Another one of those instances Phew. in my life and most people's lives where you panic and then everything's okay, you know? Right. But it was it was really fascinating. First off, The Conjuring 2 is scary as hell. Like, I was... Is it? Yeah, I was watching it through my fingers a lot of the times, which is like the first one. Um, but it was a really great interview, and I thought it was really cool that we just did our episode about evil. Yeah. And I was asking them questions about, like, uh, being a Christian and making a horror film, you know, and what it looks like to talk about evil and why you're fascinated with this genre and why you're fascinated with uh, Ed and Lorraine, who is uh, who the two films focus on. Those are the demonologists who are going around investigating the spiritual activity in these movies. And it was 
it was a blast. They were they were so fun to talk to. Like they were so kind. And I don't know. I guess I'm just really grateful for the experience. The whole time I was like, I can't believe this is even happening. Like this is just a really that is the really whole time cool. it felt rewarding. Yeah, I yeah. will. Um, I'll definitely like tweet it out on the Hello and to Do page and uh, put it out on social media and stuff so people can go check when it does out. It, go it should up? be posted. It's sh- by the time this podcast goes up, the article should already be up. Oh, good. That that's the goal. Yeah. It was great though. Yeah, it was super. How great. long did you and talk to him for? Uh, it's about fifteen minutes. Oh. So we were we were hitting we were hitting the ground running. I had like my notes in front of me, and I was just like waiting for them to stop talking, and then throwing another question at them immediately. You Good. Know? I'm sure that's like, kind of what a, they want. Exactly. You don't want that awkward. I, silence. I feel bad for them because I know that they just did that publicity screening, you know, and I'm sitting in this room with with like 30 other writers and and I'm thinking to myself Chad and Carrie are going to talk to a bunch of these people tomorrow like yeah. just call after call after call you know trying Ooh. to publicize this movie and so I'm like talking to them and like number 1 I'm like thank god I have like the 9am call because they are fresh right. and ready to go and then <laughs> number 2 I feel terrible for them because that it's that's rough. honestly one of the worst parts of making a movie Right in Hollywood, you know, have you have you have Those to be excited? Big junkets where you just do it yeah. every like fifteen minutes. Every you're... fifteen minutes, yeah. And they ask the same questions yeah. over and over and over which was, again. Which was one of those things when I was picking my questions, I was like, I really want to try to pick questions that they won't be asked <laughs> at, throughout the entire. I hope, I hope that you're like, day. well, on last week um, on my podcast, hello and adieu, H E L L O A N D A D I U. Um, we talked about evil, and I'd love to hear what you think about that as you tune in. <laughs> Feel free to tweet uh, it out. Just plug plug hello and to do like forty times in the course of that fifteen minute interview. Just like whisper it in like the silence, like as they're talking. Yeah. Like, hello and to do. Did you say something, Mathis? <laughs> no, no. Wow, that wasn't me. No. It must be the white noise of this call, Chad. Right. Hello and to do. <laughs> Seven days. <laughs> Yeah. Of podcast. That's exciting though. I I was happy for you when you got to do that. Yeah, I'm excited for everybody to read it because it's my goal was for it just to be something that I would enjoy reading and it is something that I've, you know, since I trans uh transcoded it and gone back and read through it, I'm like this is really cool. Like this but is But what a, really a cool, cool step. Talk. I mean, you do one yeah. and then hopefully in the future you have more opportunities and hopefully you did it well enough that they'll be like, "Wow, we need so. to give Mathis more." you know, more of these pieces and people will like it and he can talk so. to cool people it was a blast. and he can plug his podcast and it's like, <laughs> it's like the world <laughs> is right. sure as hell <laughs> needs to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it was exciting. That is so, exciting. So, next topic? Yes. Well, you just saw X-Men. I, like ju- literally, I literally, I just called John, guys, walking out of the theater from X-Men Apocalypse. Yes. Just getting getting this show ready mm-hmm. on the way home. Um, so we're going to talk about what we thought of X Men Apocalypse. We saw it a yep. week late, which is not like us. Yes, but um, it's not. This was type of this was the type of movie where it was like maybe the hype should die before you watch it. At least that was me going in. Well, and like, we were both kind of a little critical of the trailer. We thought, I mean, at least I was. Yeah, I, I thought I think I remember you being critical too. 
very CG heavy, kind of yeah. just look like a cluster. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's um, a lot of stuff flying at my face, and I don't know what it is. Yeah, ow, ow. Um, ow, yeah. <laughs> why are we watching trailers in 3D? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I was nervous, because X-Men has a very big piece of my heart. Yeah, let's and... let's talk about that before we get into the show. Like we were talking about this briefly, okay. or not the show, but the the review of the the movie. Why is it important <laughs> let's to you? Go because... into the show. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it important to you? Because it's really important to me too. X Men was probably one besides Harry Potter. It's probably one of the first um, film sagas that I watched growing up. That really a made me love storytelling, and b at the time really yeah. wanted made me want to become a storyteller um Mm. me and my friends would um x2 was probably the one that me and my friends would always try to make because we would always make videos and we would always go to x2 because there's so many great moments and so we would always do like an x2 at it's i think it's the beginning sequence when nightcrawler's in the white house yeah we would always try to do that type of stuff and so from a very early age, it has just been, it's very nostalgic for me. I have a lot of great feelings about it. It makes me feel like, you know, I can do things. I can make stories. It makes, I don't, I, and I love superheroes and it really kind of was that first superhero yeah. story that I got into. Um, so that's why it's embedded in me kind of. Um, yeah. But why for you? Well, one of the big elements is that it was a big, it was a big family thing. X-Men movies were like all of my family likes mm. X-Men and we, it not every movie. It wasn't like we showed up for every movie to watch it in theaters, but we, it was something my parents don't like going to the movies and it was something that they loved to go see. And it was something that we all loved oh, wow. to talk about. And that was a big thing. Um, but also like just, you can't ever get away from that, that feeling of like, the the series still has a really strong hold because we didn't we weren't watching superhero movies when the series started. So like when that first movie dropped, it was it was incredible mm-hmm. and it came out when I was in second grade. Like that's insane by the way. Yeah. But like we weren't watching superhero movies like we are today and no. and the the series still it has the that, first of its kind, that really. Magic. It was. The ensemble, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. Because Spider Man was that year, or the year after, but still, like, this was a it's this was an Avengers movie before mm-hmm. people even knew what the Avengers were. Right. Um. And like, X Men was the first VHS I ever bought. Like, it was the first Ooh. movie I ever owned. So it was. That's a huge, you know, part of like my film buffiness, mm-hmm. and X Two is the first movie I saw in theaters by myself, mm-hmm. which is a. By yourself, yeah. yeah. Was it on like the military uh, base or whatever? Yeah, exactly. I was gonna yeah. say, because little my... Matt is going to a theater by himself. Dangerous. Yeah, the the second one came out when I was in fourth grade or fifth grade, and and I was like, "Mom, I I really want to see it." And she was like, "Okay, I'll drop you off at the theater." And she like flips uh, you a come quarter. Come get you afterwards. Have some popcorn and, on me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, n- nowadays I've come to really. Uh, enjoy being at the theater by myself. You're the I same way. Yeah. And that was the first time that that happened. And I was so in that movie because I was not with people that I knew. And it was an incredible uh, theater experience. Um, 
but yeah, I think those are the big reasons why they're um, why it's so special to me. Even just watching Apocalypse, I just appreciate how much the X Men is not like any other superhero movie that comes out during the year. Like it doesn't feel like a Disney movie, and it doesn't feel like a Warner's movie. It feels very different from from those. I don't know if you get the same vibe, but it just it feels it's not a superhero movie in a sense like having having a very overt franchise like the avengers franchise the the whole marvel cinematic universe and then having something like this it makes this look less like a superhero story mm-hmm. and more just about people who are special that's true and yeah and i really dig that yeah how did you so, uh, feel about apocalypse i i loved it like i I thought <clears throat> I thought that there were what I really loved in comparison to a lot of superhero movies that have been coming out lately is that the movie stopped to give you a lot of emotional moments mm-hmm. and and I thought that every time they did it it was really moving and and John I cried two times in the movie I wow. I literally started crying and I was like what this is not what was it Fassbender <laughs> um yes that is was it- one of them he he always steals the show. That guy is he so does. amazing. He's good at like, those single tears. Like he just looks in the camera and oh, then like he, one like falls down. Oh my down. god, John, you're so right. And you're just he, like cuz there's can that cue that shit. There's that one from first class when he like moves that like uh satellite thing for the first time and, and he's the, like trying and so hard. Falls. <laughs> it's like one just like <laughs> Well, you know, you know that directors love that stuff. Like Of course. Like could we get a single tear? No problem. Yeah, and then they're just watching the footage, and they're like, "Oh my god, this guy crushed it!" And Michael Fassbender's like, "It's just a muscle." <laughs> I just Seriously, squirt a little drop out of my eye. That's uh-huh. all. Um, but yeah, I loved it, and uh, I think I like it more than Civil War. And no, that's no. <laughs> but here's here's the thing. Uh, first off, Civil War is a much better made movie. I was gonna say, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but expectations are everything with yeah, these movies they really because are. i know the civil war storyline before i saw that movie and i know what i wanted to see and i knew every you know i'd seen everything that came before the stakes were so high and honestly like it's not even fair to that movie like it was just so much to expect from it and going into x-men it's been slaughtered by the critics like people have yeah. been just bashing it upside the head like beating a dead horse and i the same that you were saying earlier, I was going in like, I just want it to be good. And and I'm laughing at all the jokes, and I'm crying, and I'm getting goosebumps at moments, and I'm like, this is all I wanted from an X-Men movie. Can we just talk about, we don't have to go into details, but all of the Quicksilver things in these movies perfect. crush it. It's perfect. And like, he's so funny. And he was so moving quick. in this movie. He Literally, so he's touching. moving. <laughs> he's moving, yeah. Oh, John. Anyway. <laughs> Um, there's a few times no he wasn't the one that killed him the Nightcrawler kid like it was like right at the end there was like a really serious moment and then like he came in I didn't think it worked I didn't think it worked though that was the one time I was like I laughed "Mm." at that but I could see I wanted it for a few more seconds I I think all of the new casts were good speaking of him oh my goodness I I loved it these kids are great and what's awesome about X-Men is that it's like an action movie slash romance movie slash like teenage 
angst. drama. Yes. Yeah, and angst. So you get like all those things just rolled all together. Can we just talk just... about Sophie Turner? Yeah. She Yeah, we can. I yes, honestly can. like when watching she's a Sansa in Game of Thrones for anyone that watches Game of Thrones and don't know who doesn't know who Sophie Turner is. For anyone living under a rock. Right. Um <laughs> I never, she was never on my radar, even in Game of Thrones, like up until this season, I was always like, eh, like, well, Sansa. she's been the pearl in the clan, you know, like, I know, but like her just act, waiting she, to emerge. She's so good though. And even in the trailer mm-hmm. for, um, Apocalypse, I didn't think she was very good because <laughs> like her moments were yeah. so like inputted into the trailer, like for like this, yeah. you have to like, this is what the story's about. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. But actually in like in the film itself, her as Jean Grey, she just crushes She's it. She's perfect. And She's I loved perfect. it, and I want to see more, and I hear that they may do like just like a Jean Grey thing, and I would well, be so for it. Speaking of that, like I complain about the um, continuous amounts of superhero movies that come out every year, but the one thing I kept thinking throughout this whole movie was I could do with X-Men movies the rest of my life. I like, could too. Everything else could die, and I would want this well, to here's stick the thing. around. I don't the problem with the the superhero movie genre is they want to do every single character. It's like yeah. we don't want to see every character we see in the Avengers as a single film. We want no, to see some of them, but not all yeah. of them. Like we don't want to see a Hawkeye one. I do not want to see no. a Hawkeye movie. And there's a reason why there's not see... a Black Widow movie. Like right. she's a great Yet. character, but to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like we want to see superhero movies. We just don't want it like we want we want the main ca- I mean honestly, we want the the good characters, not these side ones. Well, sorry. I also I also appreciate when they make an X movie and they're like, "Yeah, Wolverine's not one of the lead characters." I was like, "Yes." Like I was afraid they were hiding him from Apocalypse. Like, "Oh yeah, it's there's no Wolverine in here and he was not a main character and I was so happy about it." I'm I'm kind of mad they put him in the trailer to be honest cuz that would have been such a good like reveal. Me too. And but they could have easily cut it out of the trailer because it's just they his could have. damn d- dame, his claws in the trailer. All they had to do was I, cut Honestly, that out. though, the marketing campaign was dying. And I think they were like, that could be. what's going to make people come see this movie? Oh, Wolverine has an appearance. You know? That wouldn't have sold me. Gonna be no. I mean, but we're, we're a little bit like, we're thinking a little bit further ahead. Right. Like, well, we don't go see X-Men movies for Wolverine. You know, no. that's like I'm tired my of first Wolverine. thought and your first Am I the thought. only one who's tired of Wolverine? No, no. I'm but so tired. But the general public shows up t- for him because he's great. He is a great character. He is. He's, over, he's overdone, though. I mean, like, we've been watching Thank goodness Wolverine we get an R-rated Wolverine movie because I don't think I can handle another one. I was going to ask you one. about that. What do you, what do you think about the R-rated I'm all Wolverine for movie? it. Thank goodness. We keep like putting out these Wolverine movies know. and they're so boring. Like at mm. least now we'll get some like <laughs> blood. <laughs> and well, we'll speaking get some of grit. I don't know. Yeah, speaking of R-rated, um, Apocalypse has a lot of brutal moments, and there that was, was a lot of blood. Thing. I was like, wow, they can put this in. Right, there was a lot of blood. There was a there was at least four moments that I remember off the top of my head where bones were broken, like mm-hmm. cracked and busted and breaking out. And I was like, a little taken aback because I was like, this is a superhero movie. And then I was like, ah, but this is a Fox superhero movie, and they don't play by the same rules. They don't mess and around. They do not mess around. When you get hit, it hurts. And that was another thing Thank about goodness. Civil War where I was like, is anybody hurt in this movie? Like, right. you guys have hit each other at least 20,000 times. <laughs> and they're always talking scene. to each other on these comms that they don't have. 
It still yeah, gets exactly. every time. I'm like, that's a baby calm. <laughs> that is a baby calm in your ear. Baby calm. Yeah. It's it's, I, it's so great that they're not. I, I just come back to the idea that they're not superheroes. Like, every single X-Men movie has a moment where they're like, we're superheroes. And most of the characters go, no, we're not. And I'm like, yes, that's real life. You aren't superheroes. But you have to step up every every time the Earth's about to end. Anyways, right. what were you going to say? Well, who did you connect with most in this movie? I connected with I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you that, too. Um, Stop. We're just so similar. It's it's all bias. It's my two favorite actors in the movie. Okay. Ty? So it's Michael Fassbender, because oh. I love Michael Fassbender. And Interesting. Everything with him in the first act is It's really great. good. Yeah. It's, it's so moving. And he's one of the best superhero characters to date like in movies he's so good and you can never um you can never get too much of his character because he is such a uh emotionally like wrecked character so like things can always be interesting with someone like that and i'm so glad they did that with magneto because in the original magneto is such like a a one level kind of guy i mean you do get his like uh like a little backstory with his parents but really he's yeah He's a no emotion. Well, Professor X as well. Yeah. You know, and but I think that comes back to the whole we just figured out superhero movies. We don't know exactly what we're doing. So a lot of it came off two dimensional and there's nothing two dimensional about Apocalypse or Days of Future Past or First Class. Like it's like, no, we know how to do this now. And they're like Uh, handling their story element is very different from like it's not. I don't really even know how to explain it, especially with Days of Future Past. Like they deal with the time travel element and they do mm-hmm. it in a way that's not confusing. Like, I just feel like they're yeah. not afraid of adding in these like different story elements when it goes to like Marvel and the Avengers. They have the, pretty much the same criteria for every movie. Which, exactly. Granted, you could put that same criteria into X-Men as well, but they input these extra elements that kind of they make break it, it up. Yeah. Where you don't have to think because yeah, actually and. and I didn't know what was going to happen in Apocalypse. I don't know if that was the same for you, but I was like, mm. I don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, I knew what was going to happen. You, well, you knew the end of the world is coming at the end. Like anybody who's listening to this podcast and hasn't seen it yet, you know <laughs> the end of the world is coming. But right. like from scene to scene, I was like, oh, wait, what are they doing? You know, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, and then my, my second character would be, this is another bias, but Ty Sheridan, every time yeah. that things got emotional... I was like right there with him and he's such a brilliant actor. He's so good. Like he's he's a good single tier guy too. Like he <laughs> cries on on point. Like he just goes for it and you're like it's okay die. I mean Cyclops. I mean Scott, hug me. it's okay. Hug, hug, yeah. <laughs> I'll hug you. And he was very charming as well, you know, like Yeah. He's just sort of like I don't I'm too cool for school. He you're was. Like, oh, you're like, so cute. And at know? the beginning, like his character is very like timid cuz he's like dealing with his eye stuff and then all of a sudden he gets those glasses and he's like Jean Grey. <laughs> I love And didn't you love that? He was just kind of like I kind of, yeah. Yeah, now I'm hot shit and you're he like was. What? Yeah. Scott, come on now. Yeah, like, and stop. And I think that they hinted at the relationship of gene and scott really well like they didn't try to force that on you right but it it felt like they were building a connection really quickly and this is one of those movies this is like an avengers movie where it's like okay anything you get you're gonna get this much of it you know like a tiny ounce so i was like this isn't gonna go anywhere but it's really important Mm -hmm. that with the two three four five beats that they have to really make that shine that they hit it and i thought that they did 
Right. What would be your two characters that you most connected with, Monsieur John? Monsieur. I also connected with Ty. Um, He's so I'm not good. even He's... sure why. Um, First time that I really, really like Cyclops. That might be it, too, because <laughs> Cyclops, right. the other ones, is such a, like... He's two-dimensional. Just, like, get behind just everyone like the other else. Characters. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to see you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to think more of why I connected with him. But I actually connected with Jean Grey. Oddly enough, I think... Uh, I'm not surprised you're saying that, because you you're praising her for this movie. I am. But I think that I really liked her story, because... Which is always Jean, Jean Grey's story, but the story where it's, like, um, letting go, like of this thing inside you like just like kind of get lost in yourself um kind of like release yourself from the prison within i i that's like totally well, like in my realm of like thinking right now is just like i feel like yeah. we all we imprison ourselves we imprison our we're, we're the ones imprisoning ourselves to our own uh capability and our own ability and that's definitely like gene gray's character um her whole like story arc <laughs> was just like letting go so well, I would even I would build on that that a lot of this movie was about control and like letting control go. Like a lot of characters right. were dealing with that, and <laughs> especially in the trailer when she, he's like, "But we can't control our powers," and Mystique's <laughs> we like, "We can't control our powers, <laughs> so don't, <laughs> so don't." I don't know. Speaking of Mystique, I don't know who they hired for the makeup for this movie, but like. They just took a step back for some odd reason. I was Are like, you talking about Mystique and like her full Mystique, blue? Mystique, yeah, and and Nightcrawler. I was like, did you guys just find the quicker way to? do I think this Mystique is always compromise? in these new ones. She's never looked good. Really? Her make no. I I thought they got it right for Days of Future Past. I didn't like it no. for First Class, and I didn't like it here. I feel but, like it looks the same. You know how um, Jennifer Lawrence has complained a lot about that makeup. Yeah. You can tell how she used her power to not be Mystique this entire movie. Right. Like, she was like, listen, if I'm doing another X-Men movie, you are not going to put those blue scales on my skin for every damn scene I'm in. Which is fine. I kind of liked her but, but not they made the it, blue. They made it roll really well, you know. Yeah, it rolled. It rolled. She, <laughs> it rocked. It rolled. They wrote it into the thematic material, and they made it work really well. Which, speaking of Mystique, there's that poster controversy. Right. We're talking about that. We are Mathis right now. <laughs> okay, so if anybody doesn't know, there's a huge controversy around one of the X-Men Apocalypse posters. Yeah. Or I guess they made a bunch of posters with this screenshot. Um, and it's Apocalypse, the nasty blue dude with the metal mm-hmm. low over his body, uh, throat-grabbing Mystique and holding her up in the air. And she's strangling, breathing for life, and he's just holding, like, looking over his destruction. Um, and people are pissed because this is a lot of people are claiming it is just the personification or like the symbol of all the mistreatment of women in Hollywood. Mm, And, and this is, this is like the image of like, yep, man's always taking the woman down. Man's always abusing the woman. Um, so that's the whole controversy. Uh, I have many thoughts. I want you to go first because I just explained it. So it's your turn to talk. I have several thoughts. The first one I want to talk about is I I think unless you see the movie, you don't understand like the metaphor of that poster. Like in this yes. movie, like Mystique is the symbol of hope for all she of is. the mutants. You know, they saw her on the news yep. for Days of Future Past. She's the symbol of hope. 
and this oh, is they saying, tied that in so well by the way i just want to mention it was that real great. quick they did it so great she was the warrior for all mutants around the world and apocalypse is literally trying to end the world and so the metaphor for me at least seeing that poster is he is literally strangling hope away yes like, so just the symbolism of that i think is really powerful and i understand the poster i don't know if that's why they did it um but also I, I mean, I am a full-on feminist. I think women deserve every single right that men do. But this is a reoccurring element in our society that is so annoying. Because um, if, say, it was reversed and the woman was holding up a man and um, people started freaking out, they're like, oh, a woman is strangling a man. What the The feminist community would say... Um, you would not be talking about that if it was a man strangling another man or something. Right. And so I think the same argument goes, like if Apocalypse was strangling, say, uh, Professor Xavier, we would not be talking about it because... No, we wouldn't. And I I just... uh, I'm just annoyed at this point. Like, it's not always about, you know, degrading a certain gender. No, it's not. And we just got to stop being so offended. (laughs) Like... It's not a big deal. I mean, obviously, like, I agree. Gender equality is a big deal, but it when is, we're talking yes. about X Men Apocalypse, a movie, and we're talking about a poster for a movie, Everyone's it's not a big up. deal. Yeah, and we just got to stop. Com- like, the whole comparing thing is just so annoying at this point. Like, <clears throat> you go. Well, when like watching the movie, and even before I saw the movie. I was like, I know for a fact that is one of the most striking images in this movie. It was. And when it when it gets to that moment in the movie, it is a very powerful image. And it gives you goosebumps. And, and I, I felt really good about them using that image before I saw it. And then when the moment happened in the movie, I was like, now I feel really good about them using that image. Because that is the, that is the perfect image for a billboard for this movie. Yes. And I I think it's it's not degrading, it's dramatic. It's very dramatic and it's very powerful. And X-Men um, has so many powerful women characters. Yeah, like, I was telling you about that. I was like this has never been a series where it's been like why are all these women lame? Yeah, you know? they're equal with the men. They really are. I mean, especially in this newer trilogy that they've done. They're right there yeah, with them. Yeah, for sure. Especially in this one. I mean, Jean Grey's like the most powerful one. She's, I mean, she's always been one of the most powerful ones, but especially in this one. Yeah. I mean, without giving anything away, the, the men and the women are just as powerful at the end, you know, like Mm -hmm. the only way that evil is overcome is by the unification of all the people. It's not like, it's not Wolverine saving everybody, you know, it's, could you imagine everybody? (laughs) I mean, I would probably just, table i would find a table in the theater flip and it. flip it i'd find yeah. someone's popcorn the tub and just yeah <laughs> put it all over the ground just throw it at the screen <laughs> then i'd find a skittle and i'd throw it anyways i getting down to the the more primitive side of it i would like to mention that it is a lot more striking to have a male choking out a woman than it is to have a man ch- choking out a man like there is a frailty to femininity that i think really hits a chord with people where they see that and they're like, Oh my God, she's in trouble. Right. And, and that's it. I do understand that and I get it. But like at a that's certain point. That's not degrading point, though. No. Yeah. That's a story. That's a story about a girl who's going to like take down evil. You know, that is not a story. 
of like you know domestic abuse like yeah that's not what we're talking about yeah we're not talking about domestic abuse we're talking about saving the world and if we were then we could have this conversation but we're talking about (laughs) x-men well and then not like you already brought this up at the very top like you need to see the movie before you attack this movie because that nothing about this movie screams that idea no and and you know what makes me really frustrated is that Fox did this huge public apology for the poster. And I was like, right. come on. Well, they have like, to. I mean, it's so it's political. Silly. It's like, no, I wish I wish they could stand behind that poster and be right. like, if you just, you know, get up there and say to everybody, if you saw this movie, you would know how stupid your controversy is. Because they really this need is a powerful Jennifer moment. Lawrence to say something. If she released something saying like, because she's all for like women equality with pay. Right. And if so she like, just if said, she no, I'm okay said, with this poster. That's all she would have to say. I think maybe it would she's kill. not. I mean, I don't know. And I if, just, well, I just and if she's not, then she's got her head up her ass too. Because <laughs> this is not a, this is not an issue. This is actually a good move on their part. Like right. in every way. But anyways, I'm glad we're on the same page with this. Yeah. I just think it's silly. I think we get offended way too easily with every little thing. And we want to be offended. That's the thing. We look for something to be offended about. Exactly. And so Honestly, they... um, going to the, the stand-up last night, I was really happy. I was honest. I don't know how to explain this. You might understand right off the bat. But there was a lot of vulgarity and there was a lot of offensive things said. And I was like, I'm just kind of glad that, like, we don't have to be afraid to say that. Right. Like in this setting, like I don't agree with what you're saying and some of it kind of is disturbing, but I just, I think it's really important that you're not being put down for trying your joke. Well, yeah. And that's what I love about like comedy. And that's what comedy, the comedians are always saying is that, you know, nothing is um, off off the table. And I think that's important because essentially what these people end up saying is something that everyone is thinking and that's why, you know, we actually enjoy the vulgarity part is because it's like, ooh, they're saying it, but I was thinking it and it's not supposed to be said. It's not socially acceptable, but they said it. And so we laughed. Um, I would just I would like to not linger on this moment, but just come to it real quick. Just a quick nod at it. This is why Donald Trump is so popular, because he says things that are ridiculous and people go, but he said it. And that's. Yeah. And people connect with that. It attracts them. It's very weird. It's a very weird phenomenon. But yeah. I would say that it's it's a I very do, similar yeah, I do ball. Understand. You know, it's a similar playing field right there. It's like a, oh, hmm. Right. But, um, yeah. Well, it actually goes in really well to the, the main uh, event of what we're going to talk about, the power of words. It does. Before we get to that. Oh, okay. Do you want to rank your X-Men Oh, films? yes. I forgot. Oh my I'm god, yes. Wow, John, this. calm down. Calm down, um, God. So, Mathis and myself, we ranked Now, we're not counting the Wolverine movies, right? Cuz I did not put those in my Ooh, list. I counted them. Oh. I did not. Um, I honestly don't even know where I'd put They would go way at the end. So, I I would put X-Men Origins way at the end, but I actually like the Wolverine more than a few other ones. I'm trying to think but if maybe if you No, you should just roll. You should just roll. Okay, I'll just say mine without the Wolverine. You can say them with him. It's fine. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I want you to go first. Okay. So here's my list, and I will justify my list in every way possible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my list is not based on which movie is necessarily the best. 
but it's the ones that I some nostalgic way connected to and that I could mm-hmm. rewatch over and like I base I think I've said this before. I base a lot of my favorite movies based on my rewatchability. Like if I could rewatch them and feel good. So my, I'm going to start from the bottom. Bottom to the top. Bottom to the top, baby. Bottom the first X-Men movie. I find it so boring. <laughs> Like I struggle through it every <laughs> single time. I really do, and it, it has not aged well. No, but bless it for making everything else. God possible. bless you, <laughs> X Men. Um, two, which just is not going to be popular. Uh, first class. Ooh, I. I'm not a huge Damn. fan of it. I know. I I think it's kind of boring. I always thought, even the first time through, I thought it was pretty boring. And since I've seen it again, I mean, I like it. I can watch it. Yeah. But I definitely would not that I would not go back to first class. Um that that was another movie that just like Apocalypse where I was like this is going to be not good and I watched it so it definitely affected see, the way See and that I, I was like this is going to be so good. That oh, was the see? problem. Expectations are so it much is. in this. Okay. Third 3 of 6 just so everyone knows. Uh <laughs> Last Stand. So it's X-Men 3 um the third one from the original. Um I actually this one gets Let a lot of Let me get this hate. straight. Let me get this okay. straight. You like X-Men 3 more than X-Men First Class. Let's I do. just clarify that real quick. Yes, okay. and that was the one. No judgment. Which before no I judgment. said, remember, I was like, I want to change things, As but you. I'm afraid to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I actually think it's a fun movie. I mean, I think it's... Yeah. I like the characters in it. I like the special effects yeah. in it. I like the my, end fight. Like, all of this stuff plays into it. Um, it's my not, only problem is that it's only a fun movie, but... But I mean, that's why that's why I watch these. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. When it no, comes I to X Men, that's why I watch it. Um, and then uh, fourth, Days of Future Past, fifth, Apocalypse, and up at the top, <gasps> I oh, I have to put X two. I'm s- it, Apocalypse is number two. Yeah, I could I I think I could rewatch Apocalypse yeah, a lot, bro. Um, <laughs> and I even struggle with putting X two at the. I could watch X two a lot though, so I think overall. Same. When it, I think in 10 years, X2 will still probably be one of my favorite ones. Um, it's, held, yeah. it's held the test of the time. The test of time. It's it has, so yeah. good. So good. Okay, you go. Okay, so um, before I go, let me throw a quick Dark Horse in there because Please this do. is in the X-Men universe, and I want to hear where you would place it if okay. you had to. Yes. Ready? Are you going to say Deadpool? I am. Where would you put Deadpool in that? Oh, I put it would be pretty high up. I would have to think I know it on would. where. That's why I wanted to ask you. I was like, I don't. Um, I kind of want to. I'd probably it, but put I it under Apocalypse, um, and above Days of. Fe- oh God, I don't even know. Yeah, no, I think I. I think d- I would. Don't. I put it above. Damn you! <laughs> why? It's so funny. I would rewatch that a lot. Yeah, and it's a good you're movie. Right. You're right. And okay. Do you I have would. more. I'm going to hit you with my list if you... No, hit me in the more. face. Okay, I'm going to keep the Wolverine movies off, so we're going to make it look as similar as possible. Okay. Okay, bottom of my list. Yes. X-Men 3. Okay. Um, and That's, that's probably just, the consensus of a lot of people. People hate yes. on X-Men 3. Yes, they do. It's actually one of the only movies on the list where... When was the last time you watched it? It's probably been a few years, but it's just, it's one of those films that's always declined the more I've watched it. It's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not aged so well. Mm. Um, 
And then the next one up, just barely eking out, is the first X-Men. And Thank I goodness. think that... Oof. I, I think was that worried, the first like, X-Men... X-Men was going to be your favorite, and then I'd be like, girl, we got to talk. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, all right, that's the end of this episode. Yeah. I'll talk to you next week. Um, and I think it only ekes out because of nostalgia. Like, when I watch it, I yeah. remember watching it the Lincoln. first time. Like, mm-hmm. every time. It's And it, it just... I can't get away from that feeling. It's incredibly biased. But see, in I Last think both Stand, of our love for this franchise is very biased. It is. And Last Stand came out at a time where I was very much into that storytelling element and i think that's why it it, it holds so higher on my list because like that was when i was like oh my goodness like the cgi like the effects it was like it was everything to me i was like and kelsey Grammer is a good beast he was a good beast yeah he was so good and i was like all about that from the first time i saw it and every time i watch it now i'm like he's a good beast kelsey (laughs) chelsea oh my god okay keep going (laughs) so my next one is um first class okay uh we weren't that far off no no i think that you were over dramatizing how far off our lists were going to be and i put first class i don't like all of first class i'm kind of like where you're at but first class i think has one of the best climactic scenes of all of the x-men movies like Mm. them standing on that beach and just like having philosophy battles and there's like there's Russians in the distance and there's Americans in the distance and there's missiles coming. And I was like, I was all about the end of the movie. The rest is, the rest is so, so I, it's okay. not bad. No. Um, I mean, I own it, so I can't say it's terrible. I paid money <laughs> for it. So, and then the next one would be apocalypse. And I've already, I've already given my love for apocalypse. Right. So, See, this is another one of your weird things where you're like, I love this movie. Like, it's one of my well, favorites. And then it's like down your <laughs> list. <laughs> well, this is number three. Let me remind you. We're on number three right and now. This we did is top say three. that the top three were really hard. And I used, and yes, we did. And I used your philosophy with yes. this where I was like, but which one am I going to watch more? Okay. And Apocalypse, as much as I love it, it's unbalanced and it's slightly unfocused and it's bloated. So it's like, it's long. It ate it a like, lot of carbs. <laughs> it ate a lot of carbs, yeah. It needed a layoff. It's long. It's it's a little bit of an exercise to watch. Like, it's not something you just throw on. You're like, all right, well, it's 8 p.m., so it'll finish by the time I want a midnight snack, you know. It's not a – I get it. It's going to take you a while. Okay. Uh, so then the next one would be Days of Future Pass, which just – I'm already I'm, my, I'm already doing what they do like at Miss America where they stay the second place <laughs> yeah, they're and then like, you already know, we know first what's place. coming. <laughs> I'm just clapping for first place right now. <laughs> you did it which, first place. Which we were both all about Days of Future Past. It's yeah. so fun and it just it throws a lot of I love the, time travel. I love that they Exactly. Put, they had old It throws a new. lot of things to the wind cuz it's like we're just going to change a bunch of I'm stuff. I'm still mad they didn't care. have Nightcrawler in there. Nightcrawler was my favorite from the first right. uh trilogy. You know he doesn't have the same yeah exactly he does not have the same he's not wounded in this new one which maybe yeah. he becomes wounded but he was so wounded in the other one he was so oh, sad was so powerful I was like, yeah and alan cumming Vakna. is he was perfect as it you know yeah i mean i and, like the this kid as it too i think his name's cody yeah cody mcphee yeah even though cody his name's McPhee not mcphee smith something I don't know. There's a Smith in there. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler is better in X-Men 2, and X-Men 2 is still my favorite X-Men movie. Yes, bitch. And 
it, I don't think it's any coincidence that my that my two favorite ones are in the middle of the trilogies, you know, because there's just those are the empires of the series. They are so dramatic, which is like, so interesting because usually the second film and series is usually not as good. But X Men always no, they're always the best. The second no. films are always the best. Transformers, Re- Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you can't use a bad franchise in general. Think Star Wars. Empire Strikes Back. Best Star Wars film. <laughs> this is coming from you. It's your favorite movie of all time. Okay. Um, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Okay. The Dark Knight. Okay. It's okay, the, reason, right. why, Girl, it, the right. reason why the middle films work so well is because you don't have to get anywhere at the end. Like it can just be it can just be dark and it's okay. Like and it doesn't have to like you don't have to get to the closure of a situation, et cetera, et cetera. I get and it. I, I'm sorry. I, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. I still think there's probably you, a few if I could do with some research. No, there's outliers. I mean, back Avenger to the future. The ball- second one's not the best. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Lord of the Rings, I wouldn't say the second one's the best. No, definitely not. Um. If I'm thinking of where Wolverine would be, definitely the origin one. Is the bottom. Honestly, I may watch it over. Actually, episode. you'd watch that over the first one. I may it, it's honestly it would probably be but I put them right next to each other I would watch them equally which is never <laughs> so <laughs> um but I, I mean it's fine I mean it's not good and then the actually the second Wolverine one isn't terrible but I'd still put it above like number two on the bottom I'd, I'd watch first class over it any day well do you remember that the first the or the second Wolverine is the first movie that I ever avoided all the publicity for. I don't remember no. that. No. It had a serious effect because I had no idea what that movie was and about. And you liked like, it? Yeah, and I, I loved it until the third act. The third act was awful, and then I'm so I, I don't tired know if you heard about Wolverine. this. I'm so tired. I get that, him. yeah. I tried to go in unbiased, though. I was like, let's pretend like we have not seen a bunch of Wolverine. <laughs> this is a good movie. But... Coming back to that third act, I came to realize later. I don't know if you saw this, but the studio heavily changed the third act. It wasn't what mm. it wasn't what the director wanted. It wasn't what the writer wanted. Mm. They like manipulated it, and they went full Hollywood blockbuster after having an entire movie that was very grounded and dramatic. They went right. like giant Iron Man samurai swords armor, like, <laughs> and you're just like, what? Why? What is Why this? in God's name? What? But yeah. Hopefully people like X-Men. Otherwise, this conversation is going to be boring. Yeah. Um, Actually, I would. they may even still like it. Um, what I would say, I was thinking about this earlier this week, is um, the X-Men franchise is not ruined by having some duds in it. Like, the series really stands tall, and my my love for it, like a, like we were saying is biased so like i acknowledge that some of the movies are not as good and i'm like but still this is a great franchise yeah i agree it's fun it's yeah. fun it's a fun one it's a fun okay so so yeah <laughs> last topic yep which we already talked well we didn't talk about but we talked about what but it was going to be it. Um, yeah, you can go first. Okay. So for the past few 
weeks, uh, we've been wanting to talk about the power of words. Uh, and I've been thinking a lot about just the the effect of speaking things into existence, the effect yes. of speaking things into the universe, like you said at the top yeah. of the episode, the effect of speaking things to people. And more more in my life now than I've than I've ever thought, words are really powerful. Like you can really change the world with things that you say. Um, and where was I going with that? You can really change the world with things yes. that you say. And then at the same time, um, I feel very liberated with the things that I say. Like I'm allowed to speak, I'm allowed to speak my mind because um, it's important to speak your mind, even if it's not what you believe the next day. You know, it's very like totally. That's something I'm learning as well. Sometimes, yeah, because um, I struggle with that for a long time, especially when you're redefining your beliefs. I got to a point where I was like. I don't even want to say like what I believe now because it's going to change. Exactly. Um, which, which you have to become okay with. You do. And I think I am now, well, at least for the most part. Yeah. Listening to Rob Bell helped me a lot with that. Oh, cause he's really about that stuff. Like it's okay to just say what you think right now. Like you don't have to censor yourself to and yourself. How liberating like, is that? You know, it's like, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that's been a huge thing where it's been like taking less power away from like, oh, you shouldn't say that. Like taking less power away from that, but then at the same time being like, well, words also mean a lot. And we were right. we were talking about this uh briefly uh, last week. But uh like for example, uh this is probably going to get a little it's going to get a little R-rated people. But oh. I just want to I just want to say... Um, Dim the lights. <laughs> exactly. I... Like, everything's... I, it's it's such a hard place to be because it's all intentionality. Like, I can be joking around with you and be like, well, well, fuck you, you know? And it can be well, And we really do that funny. with each other all the time. Yeah. You know? Right. And that's... And people... That would be one of those things where it's like, oh, don't say that. You shouldn't say that. Um... And then, and then for me, I'm realizing like, well, I mean, maybe we should be less worried about the words themselves now. And, and I've always thought that, but now I, I don't know. It's sort of like becoming more real now. It's like, maybe the words don't really matter. It's all about like, uh, reading a situation, right. is one of them. And then just Mm -hmm. the sort of emotion you're speaking it with the sort of situation Well, that comes back to reading the situation. (laughs) But, uh, words really have a way of affecting people. Words have a way of getting getting to people from the way that you speak them getting to yourself the things that you say to yourself mm-hmm. oh that's good there's so many different you know levels I mean? to this because there's the self-talk which is very very important and then the you know your talk with others yeah and the- and to, to throw in the self-talk um i'm still reading blue like jazz i'm so close to the end like <laughs> i've been reading it for like the past 10 episodes but there's a part at the end where he's talking about the metaphors we use uh, for cancer. And mm. he's talking about how every metaphor for cancer is war-related. It's like we're, we're battling cancer, <laughs> we're beating cancer, we are tackling cancer, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And life in general has a lot of war language, a lot of mm-hmm. warring against, a lot of yes. prevailing. And 
there there is absolutely a place for that language a lot of life is a battle but it's war and peace like it's very important to find peace in your own life and if if you're passionate about that the way that you and I are then it's I think that your language is very intentional for that kind of stuff where it's like uh speaking metaphors of peace is really effective mm-hmm. and in the in blue like jazzy talks about how some people feel very overwhelmed with the war language and it it cripples them in their cancer fight because they come back to that that self-talk and they're like I don't know if I'm strong enough for this thing. This thing mm-hmm. sounds like evil incarnate. Like this is the worst thing on earth. The right. way that, the way that you get the metaphors for well, it. From your and with a war metaphor, there's always a loser. You know, it's like if I don't win, then I lose. You know, there's yeah. no like, there's yeah. no middle ground. Yeah. And, hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that I don't know. I thought that that tied in really well. It's like even the the metaphors that we use for life, are are pretty one-sided right now and i think it's it is very war metaphors that's yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that that's just like life is built on conflict like it's just it's it's the whole existence thing but i think it's important to to really strive for for peace and all that stuff you know like to really look to add peace where peace can be added and I don't know. Do you want to go in with anything right there? Right there? I don't know. Well, anywhere. I'm just sort of kind of unpacking right now. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've always thought that words are very, very powerful. I'm very, um, I don't want to use the word manipulated because that has a very negative connotation, but I am very much, um, I don't know what other word to use. I'm manipulated by affected. like. Yeah, I'm affected by words very easily. Like if I see a quote, like that really connects with me right then. Like it could really like change how I see the world. Like there's, and I search for those sometimes. I mean, I think like any person, like I want to um, be encouraged because I feel like I need to be encouraged a lot. And so I seek that out. Um, Yeah. And thankfully I'm at a place where like it doesn't, it takes a lot to get me down now. It didn't always, but, um, and especially as like, I started like the website and I, I now like write certain things. I've had to like be more conscious of how I, of the words I write, knowing that people will read it and they won't know my intentions. Um, and I actually, with today's, um, I almost didn't even post what I was going to post today. Interesting. Um, but then I thought about what we were going to talk about, um, with the power of words and, I kind of just, I kind of just did it because, and maybe I should say what I did. I mean, I, what I wrote today was just, um, the phrase, it was for, what was the title? Um, like four things, four four words, every successful person lives by. And then I just have a thing. It says, don't be a dick. And it was supposed to be funny, but at the same time, very true. Um, yeah. But mainly funny. And I, I figured that most people, at least, because I don't, honestly, a lot of people don't read it. So I knew that the people that would actually click and read it would think it was funny and they would get my intention behind it. Yeah. Um, but there was a part of me that was actually very nervous to put it because I knew that some people would be offended. And I grew up with a lot of, you know, church friends and I have a lot of church friends on Facebook. Um, and so I was worried that even 
that simple phrase of don't be a dick, which really it's not that it's not really offensive. Some people do find the the word offensive. Um, but I was very nervous to do that. But I'm honestly just at a point where it's like, sorry. <laughs> well, this comes back to the the power of words in a different way. Like, it's very effective to say something like that. That's very slightly provocative, and it gets people's attention. Right. Like, don't be a dick. Wow, that's a really good piece of advice, and that's <laughs> funny. You know, don't be a dick. You have in quotes, and then hyphened below a professional, person. <laughs> a successful or, person, yeah. a successful. See, person. it's funny, yeah. right? <laughs> it's it's funny. Yeah, okay, but good. it's very effective. Like, it's not effective if it's like, be nice to everybody. Right. It's not effective. Well, because we, ev- we hear that all the time. It's like, of course we're supposed to be nice to someone. We yeah. don't hear, don't be a dick. Let's, <laughs> let's look on the other side of the aisle, though. Let's look on the the impoliteness, you know? And this and is say, what, like, this is what you don't do. And actually tying this back into dualism, like, there isn't, like, one way or the other with words. Because, you know, words can either encourage people or words can discourage people. Like, it's so uh, wishy-washy. Like, it could go either way for anyone. Like, I could say something um, very encouraging, and someone could find it very discouraging. So it's very – it's so – words are just so interesting because, like, you should take them seriously, but at the same time, you can't take them seriously because they are just words. And I find it so fascinating. I really, really do because they hold so much weight when really they're just things we're saying with air like they're just sounds it's yeah it's hilarious and that a that sounds can change lives which actually makes sense if you think about like music changing lives obviously like yeah think it's so weird i think it's i think it's integrated into that definitely i'm even like confusing myself with all this i'm like it's just so weird like wow i'm freaking out over here guys freaking out um it, and then i mean it's a lot of it's the heart issue when it comes down to what people are saying to you and how you take it and like are words a big deal or are they not a big deal like what's you can usually tell people's heart when they tell you something even if they're telling you something as a joke right like you can feel it and i think that gets to the spirituality of the issue which i've come to realize how spiritually powerful saying something to another person is like how much it could tear someone down how much it could build someone up Mm -hmm. it's very very effective i mean like hitler took over germany with the power of his voice Mm -hmm. that's all it's almost scary it's the same with donald trump like he's just using words and like people are rallying around it and it's scary what you can do with words you can do anything yeah it's it's the power of the soul manifested in your body you know it's it's really like your soul speaking out into the world whenever you're speaking. But it's you're also speaking. not because we say things but we it's don't also mean not, all the time. Yes, yes it, exactly. It's kind of like your actions have to follow through with your words, and I think that's the only way that you can actually stay true to your words. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, exactly. And I don't, I don't know. I think that you also you carry a reputation to what your words mean. So Right. It's interesting coming back to the Donald Trump issue because I think all the time he's saying things that are just nonsense and he even knows they're nonsense. He's like, this is literally stupid. And it's like, but that's effective. And that's one of those cases where those are words that actually mean nothing. Like those words mean nothing and they're still working. That's crazy. You know, it's like it's like people don't realize that those words mean nothing. And Mm -hmm. 
and that's mind blowing. You know, and I think briefly we should just talk about like curse words in a sense because like growing up religious, curse words are always like, you know, they were you do not say these words. Like these are on the There's do a, not yeah. say list, and if you do, sinna. Yeah, going straight to hell. Um, and I find that so funny now, obviously as an adult, but like the fact that these are literally just words. It's hilarious. Yeah, it really is. And like, if you get offended by it, like you really need to check yourself because these words are only as offensive. They only hold as much weight as you give them. And, um, I mean, but it also, it is on a, on, on a receiving and on a giving level. Like I can really, I can really hurt you with a curse word, you know? Right. But, but also like I could just use them well. nonchalantly. Exactly. And I'm sure that as a child, I've said things just as offensive as curse words without using curse words to people. Well, it's kind of like, well, how do we define what's a curse word? That's the thing. And it exactly, differs yeah. from culture to culture. And so There's, it's so weird that yeah. we have these certain words, these five or six words in our language that we kind of, I think have. it's hilarious. I do too. It's it's very silly, especially so because what silly. you just said, it changes from culture to culture. Yeah. Like I can't say jog off in in Britain <laughs> and here that means nothing. I know? literally I just picture someone running away. La, 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 la. <laughs> jog off. Okay. Jog just off. booking it down the road. And I mean that's that's a silly phrase all on its own. And then it's it like not a silly phrase at all to You're them. Like, then it's like a do you want to fight me phrase, you know? It's like yes I do. I'll jog <laughs> off. Yes I do. How how could you tell? <laughs> right? It's yeah. Yeah. I I think we'll come back to this eventually. I think we will too. I think, I think it just it's really important. Yeah, it does. I think it's real the my biggest thing like my biggest takeaway from this is like to really consider your words like and it doesn't yeah. even have to be like in the moment but really meditate on the type of language that you use with people um, and yourself on and on yourself. Like for example, I used to be an incredibly sarcastic person. And it made all my friends bitter at the time when I was really sarcastic. They were like, you're really sarcastic. You're kind of an asshole all the time. And I was like, what? And I was like really thinking about it. And and I curved it. And it improved a lot of my conversations with people. And, and I didn't need it all the time. I didn't rely on it all the time. And I still think that perfectly timed sarcasm is gold. Like it's always it's gold. so good. Yeah. But... It was one of the it was one of those things for me where I really thought about the power of my words and it's not even like a you, you made someone go cry in the bathroom after you talked to them sort of thing. It's just like a bad energy. Like it can just be a bad energy mm-hmm. where it was like you just really make everybody not want to talk after you talk. Right. You know? Well it and, can be things like that. And I honestly think that how you talk to yourself is what will eventually come out and how you talk to others. And so that's why like I'm definitely a proponent of you have to see how you talk to yourself because that will be how you see and talk to others, um, which is kind of sad if you think about it. Like, you know, people that are really mean to people, you just have to kind of feel sorry for them because, you know, that's what they're saying to themselves over and over you, again. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't have a perfect tie in for that, but this is related. You were talking about earlier about self-talk and mm-hmm. you said you were saying like, you latch on or you're impressionable about like inspirational things or profound Mm. things. And that's what you write for your blog. Mm -hmm. So that is one of those things where it's like, um, what, 
what does what does have impression on you in a positive way you're like saying like well this this works and if this is the way that i talk to myself in a sense this is the way that i talk to other people sure you know what i mean yeah on a, on a grand level not on like a on right. a casual level but in like a mass media level right yeah yeah yes, yes. more please I don't know. I don't know where to go with that. Like, I There's think really that's... know where to go with it. Yeah. Think about your words. Yeah, guys. Think about your words. And not in like a or you're gonna offend everybody yourself. or you're walking on glass kind of way. No. But, but I really consider consider your friends and consider your family and consider oh, yeah. the stranger walking down the road. Like, what does what you say mean to them? Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? You you look like you had a really funny comment you wanted to throw in there. It definitely was not that funny. I was just going to say, I learned a lot about how I talked to people on r- listening to us doing the podcast. Like, I saw, like, how I talked to That's, you. You have. Like, yeah. several times I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't know I came across <laughs> that way. Um, well, and then that just comes into self-consideration. Like, really uh, think about yourself sometimes with with uh, your growth in certain areas and the way that you treat people and yeah. the way that you carry yourself and what you actually look like to people. Yeah. Do you want to look like somebody who <laughs> who's always rude when they try to talk to you? No, you probably don't. Like, they stick I away from that. that. Yeah. yeah. That's they true. jog off. They jog off. <laughs> jog off, mate. Okay. Should we end? We should. I've had fun. Mathis, I have had fun. I like talking Maybe about Maybe one X-Men. day we'll hope, talk about it. I hope people enjoyed our X-Men conversation because I actually really I liked made it. it. Yeah, it was and really And I mean, fun. that was actually the majority of our episode, but I'm okay it with was. it. It was. I am too. Hopefully we'll do a movie-related episode that isn't always superheroes one time. Yeah. You're like, I don't care. I love superheroes. I do. But no, we can totally do it. No shame. That's okay. No shame. Hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) You Yoda hashtag that. No Uh, shame hashtag. Oh, yeah. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyways, this has been a blast. If anyone wants to send us questions, which no one did this week, you can email us at helloandadu at gmail.com. That is H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-E-U at gmail.com. And you Mm -hmm. can follow us on Twitter, Twitter for all the jazz. I'll probably post my um my interview with Chad and Carrie on there, so you can mm-hmm. check that out in the upcoming days. Um, and then go rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes. Yes. Uh, and help other people find the show. That would be super. Yeah, I was like, what would be a word there? Super works. That would be super, super heroes. Yeah. Yeah, guys. All right. It's always fun. Oh. Nope, this is nineteen. I think, I was I was thinking we're close to twenty. You had it set in, yeah. You were like, oh my god, did we just record the twentieth? No, we yeah, didn't. We not. didn't even say anything. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. One day we'll just hit numbers and it won't be a big deal, though. Right. Number. Look forward to the day. <gasps> okay. All righty. I bid you an adieu, John. Adieu, Mathis. Adieu. <laughs> Bye. Bye.